Ravis Henry keeps one foot rooted in the Navajo world and another in the Western world. Henry wears the green uniform and stiff hat of a federal government employee, but practices Navajo ceremonies and speaks the Navajo language with his elders. I don't consider myself a true traditional Navajo. But if you compare me to many of the other folks in my generation, I think many of them would say that I'm more traditional than other folks. Henry's a park ranger for Canyon de Chelly National Monument in northeastern Arizona, and he grew up here. Yeah, well, right now we're sitting inside the traditional home of, of our people. The anthropological term today is ho, uh, hogan, but that actually came from the Navajo word of ho-one, and ho-one simply means home. No one lives in this log hogan with its fake cats curled up on the bed. It's a model that sits outside the Canyon de Chelly Visitor Center. The monument sees about 800,000 visitors a year. Many drive the road around the rim, but others want to take a closer look and hike beneath the red sandstone walls to the canyon floor. Unlike most national parks, they're not allowed to enter without a Navajo escort. You know, when people come up to the visitor center and ask why they can't enter, first talk about the sacredness and what this place means to, to our people, and talk about the ruins and you know, the preservation efforts that we're trying to uphold here but then also talk about it as, as a home. And I, I, I ask people, how would you like it if I came to your home uninvited? You know, walk through that gate, across your lawn, come inside, sit on the couch and turn the TV on. Dig in the fridge. About 40 families live and farm on the canyon floor. People have lived here for more than 4,000 years, starting with the prehistoric Puebloans, or Anasazi as they're sometimes called. The Hopi, Zuni, and Navajo have all called this place home. And for many, Canyon de Chelly is sacred. This is Earth and Bone. I'm Laurel Morales. Park archaeologist Keith Lyons says working here is a dream job. One site almost goes into the next site, goes into the next site, goes into the next site. Where even in Arizona, which is archaeological rich, usually you can define a circle or a boundary around a site. And usually there's distance between them. But the concentration here was very unique. In the late 1800s, outsiders discovered the abundance of ancient pottery, baskets, and stone tools in caves and ruins. Way before the National Park was established, a lot of people were coming here to collect artifacts. Um, there was a big interest in American antiquities, uh, particularly by museums on the East Coast, the West Coast, and in Europe. So a lot of people were coming to Candace to collect antiquities, to display them, and there weren't a lot of laws to protect those, these artifacts. The federal government convinced the Navajo Council the tribe needed help to protect the canyon. In 1931, President Herbert Hoover used the Antiquities Act to designate Canyon de Chelly a national monument. But archaeologists continued to study and excavate the cultural sites, this time with the government's permission. When Navajo guide Adam Teller was a boy growing up in the canyon, his grandmother sent him to spy on the archaeologists. She worried about the bodies buried in the canyon being disturbed by the digs. My grandma used to tell us that you don't go climbing around the canyon walls and the caves and such. They're burial sites, where pe- ancient sites where people used to have ceremonies and holy people are buried. He says several Navajos living in the canyon told the archaeologists to stop digging. Most Navajo people saw archaeologists as grave robbers and the Nav- Navajo were 
undermined it, and their their authority was not important to these people as the way I saw it. The Park Service took hundreds of artifacts and more than 300 sets of human remains and put them in their collection in Tucson. It's called the Western Archaeological and Conservation Center. Conservators protect some 6,000 artifacts in a facility that's the size of an airplane hangar, so they can be studied by appointment only. The Navajo Nation is suing the federal government for taking the remains. Many tribal members say they must be reburied in the canyon. What my grandmother used to say that when you remove something uh, from a place, it's like taking out a very sacred organ and a body. The body won't function as well when that organ or that piece of artifact is removed. We sit in my car overlooking the part of the canyon where Teller's aunties live. It's too windy to record outside. We're better off doing the interview in here. Teller says the spirits who reside in the canyon are powerful. Many Navajos believe Canyon de Chez is the place where deities like Spider Woman and Changing Woman reside. So medicine men, when I was a little boy, they used to go to the rocks and they used to take mud that they had prayed on and they, they deemed sacred and they throw it on the walls as a way of waking up the gods and then the gods would come out of the rocks to bless them. But Park Service officials say some Navajo Canyon residents asked the government to remove some of the artifacts to protect them from looters, erosion, or bad spirits. That all changed in 1990 when Congress passed the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act. The Park Service, attempting to follow the law, is looking at each bone to identify whether it's Hopi, Zuni, Puebloan, or Navajo, and argues in court that until it determines that, it needs to safeguard the remains. Monument Superintendent Lynn Carranza says it's their job to make sure the remains go to their rightful owners. It is important to stress that there is um, a sacredness to the canyon, um, to a lot of different people. Um, We in the National Park Service, at this point in time, our desire is to repatriate. But the Navajo Nation wants all of the remains returned to their tribe so they can rebury them. According to the complaint, removing the remains has caused the tribe illness, depression, and damaged crops. In their latest appeal to the Ninth Circuit Court, the tribe's attorney argued the Treaty of 1868 gave them exclusive use and occupation of Canyon de Chez. The judges sent the case back down to Arizona District Court for further proceedings. While Superintendent Carranza could not discuss the case, she did say the Park Service's philosophy at Canyon de Chez has changed. She believes she must do more than just consult with the tribe. We have to co-manage. It's not asking them how we should manage their land. It's how should we manage this together. And I think that's the change in thinking that has happened in the last few years here at Canyon de Chez as we are moving forward. It's, it's giving up control of everything. It's remembering this is their home, or as Ravis Henry translated, whole one. Many believe the Navajo people are not whole without the remains back where they belong. This is Earth and Bone. I'm Laurel Morales.